What is happiness? It's for me. This is happiness. It's being with you. It's one thing that bothers me. Why did you tell Brian that I was your fuck buddy? I didn't tell him that. I didn't say that. Hey, when did you stop caring, David? Caring about what? About the consequences of the promises that you've made. Promises? Yeah, the promises. I thought... Get the fuck. What are you talking about? Do you understand how hard it is to pretend to be your buddy? David, I love you. I fucking love you. I fucking love you! Fuck! Hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't do this. You fucked me four times the other night, David. You've been inside me. Julie. I swallowed your cum. That means something. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Shit, I'm more like Clark Kent and less like Superman today. It's Jay. Then we got Welly. He's more like Captain America and less like Captain Save Him. That's real. That's, like that's you every day, though. Yeah, I like that. Every like that. single day. Team Cap all day. Say, Just bro. Just so you know. Why is David in there wilding like that? Wait, who, what are you talking about? Why he hitting four times in one night like that? Oh, that nigga tripping. <laughs> he tripping. So you can't just casually do that and then be like, all right, I'm going to fuck with you tomorrow. No, nah, nigga, you just can't leave times? her like that. Four times? Shit. He's a real nigga. He, he, the realest. <laughs> and then you all oh, shocked. You, you, you shocked about it. <laughs> you do that four times, you damn near married, bro. Four times? You can't you can't hit a chick four times in one night. Nah, man. A chick can't hit me four times in one night and be like, all right, Jay, I'm going to holler at you. Hey, what? Hey, you you got this up and got it down four times in one night? You just going to leave me? Nah, bitch, we going to breakfast. I ain't come here for all that. <laughs> Straight up. Like, seriously, like, I respect it. You know, some dudes... Some dudes get carried away, you know. Their, you know, their hormones take over. Trying to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. And that's why sometimes, man, I be tripped out when dudes be like, you know... Want to take pills and shit? I'm like, bro, like you gotta understand something. Like you finna hit them with something that they probably gonna fall in love with. They probably don't even care about you. But at the end of the day, you didn't came in here and worked them, and now you in a predicament where they suicidal over you. You that's your fault. Basically, that's your fault. And for you, for those of you that don't know that intro, that is Vanilla Sky, uh, a very, I would say, cult classic type movie. Um, it obviously, it's a Kanye West reference because um, it was a part of the movie where uh, that that's the part of the movie where it pretty much all goes downhill. And, you know, he has to get his face reconstructed, and that's where the the to me the Black Mirror type artificial intelligence comes through. And and it's to me it's a, it was it's a movie that was ahead of its time in 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 some ways. But um, I just felt like that intro was important because I know one of our topics was um um needing to get over someone or what I, I, we had this conversation before about i guess is it okay to not get over someone right right and um from my biased approach i definitely was like yeah it's okay to not get over someone i mean that's 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 a part of life um now is it healthy to to not get over someone uh, 
when you're in the case of like old buddy and old buddy David, <laughs> you know it's you're dealing with a you're dealing with a woman, or you could be dealing with a man that doesn't want to get over you, and it, it can turn it can turn very 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 scary for for you if you if you don't get over someone. And a lot of times, getting over someone or letting someone go isn't always about a toxic situation, or it's not always about you know uh, how do I say this that person just being totally bad for you. Sometimes you're letting them go because you know that they can do better. You can mm. do better. I'm not good for you. I'm here smashing you four times and not giving a damn when I wake up and expecting you to leave. Like, you can't do that. And when you're dealing with that type of person, that type of person is the type of person you need to let go of. And if you're not willing to let go of them, they're going to help you out. That's just how it works sometimes. See, to me, I feel like you can never get over somebody and still be okay. I think the realization of that you'll never be officially over this person in, in their in their entirety is fine, but you have to own that. You have to know, okay, I know this person is always going to have a place in my heart, not to the point where they come back, snap their fingers, and I'm back in their trance or whatever, mm-hmm. what have you, but you know, you're always going to have these feelings for said person. And I think if you acknowledge that, not, not necessarily embrace it, but if you acknowledge it, then it's okay. Because you might have people who you started families with and then things went south. Like you may not get over this person because he was the husband, you know, the father of your kids for 10 years. And then y'all went y'all separate ways. Like you're out. Cause this is more than just your spouse. This is a relative. This mm-hmm. is yeah. your best friend at times, you know, and you're going to have this, this relationship with this person forever. But that doesn't mean that it stops you from moving forward. Definitely. I think it's funny when you say that, when you say not your relative, because I was talking to somebody the other day. I can't remember exactly what the conversation was about, but I did have a point where they were talking to me about their spouse. And um, I saw something interesting, I guess, on on one of these social medias. And I was like, well, you know, how would you feel, you know, if you saw your, you know, your spouse, you know, just in a in an area and they were around another man or a woman and you felt like, it was more than flirtatious. Like you saw a man with their arm around your girl or your girl was sitting on his lap or something like that. Like, how would you feel about that? And they was like, oh, well, I'm pretty secure. That wouldn't bother me. I'm like, hold on now. I personally feel like there is a fine line between security and stupidity. I'm just saying, there are a lot of precursors to a person that is capable of cheating. And I just kind of feel like, yeah, you may say that, when you kind of don't really care about a person too much or you're probably very naive to the situation. And I talk about relatives to say that. I said, let's just imagine like you had a, a stepdaughter, you know, and, you know, this is not your blood or anything like that, but this is a woman or a female in your life that you don't have any blood ties to. There is no actual connection to other than I guess, you know, a paternal love because you're stepping in as a stepfather. And you just happen to be scrolling through social media and you see your 14-year-old stepdaughter on this 16 or 17-year-old dude's lap at some party. How would that make you feel? Would you be like, oh, you know, I understand it. You know, it's like, I'm secure. I trust my daughter, my stepdaughter. Eh, really? I'm just saying, this is a woman you, you care about. You should be protective over this woman, in my opinion. And I kind of feel like you're going to tell the mother, you know, and, and it's only fair. Just like if the role was reversed and somebody saw your wife sitting on another dude's lap, you would want them to tell you. Or you would want to be naive to it or you want to be ignorant to it. You want to act like you don't know. So I just, you know, 
I feel like that was a, it was I don't know how you would feel about that situation, but I kind of feel like no matter how secure you are, you definitely have to set some boundaries. Look at my face. <laughs> Ain't enough security between the Secret Service, the CIA, the FBI, the ABC, the DEA. Damn. That's gonna make me feel secure with my woman sitting in some nigga's lap. That's weird to me, man. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just not. That's that's like me, you know. Oh no, babe, this is my best friend. But you know, I, every time I see, I smack on the ass with a grab. Dog. Like ain't nobody like, secure enough in that. Hey, I don't know what. It's, and then and then also, especially if you see this person, you like, hmm. I know he looks kind of better than me. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, hmm. Even I know not. that she confides in him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, those 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 two things, looks and security, you know, it's like, mm, no, you're not just, my man, you're just not sitting in cat's laps. I'm, you're just not sitting in cat's laps. I'm not in here sharing beds with, with, with women that, oh, this is just my friend. We're going to share the bed. You're like, share the bed. What? What? I think it's. Bro, a- if I if I told my gal that, oh, this is just my homegirl, we're going to share the bed because, you know, ain't no sense sleeping in the couch when we both can fit in the bed. And then my girl's like, okay, baby, that's fine. I'm going to be mad at her. It's like, what the fuck? You don't care about me enough to be worried about me? What are you doing? That, what the hell are you out here in these streets that's, doing? That's what I'm saying. You don't, you don't care enough, you know? And it's like, uh, a person may say, why do you care? But I honestly feel like it's moments like that where caring can, can save you from looking dumb as fuck. That's all I'm saying. And, and more than anything, you don't want to be out here looking dumb. That's how and, I and feel. And disrespected. That's how I feel. I don't want to be out here looking dumb and disrespected. If you got some other shit going on, tell me. Please. Don't have me out here, you know, thinking everything is rainbows and lollipops. And you, you, you're getting your rainbow blowed out and your lollipop by somebody else. Bob, speaking of rainbows, I mean, we do stay in an era where the dude can be gay. Boy, but I just don't feel like there's enough gayness in a man to where I should let him slide, you know. Like, no. that. like I'm, I'm just saying, and, and you see, you see it on Duval page, like niggas are saying all the time, niggas will be in the closet all the time, so therefore, he still may want some female body parts. I, seen, I was just saying, I seen this, I seen this meme on Twitter. It's actually wasn't a meme, it was a video of this guy, he worked at Chick fil A, and he was he was out there looking for smoke. <laughs> Somebody putting the captions like, oh, Chick-fil-A might be closed on Sunday, but these hands are working 24-7. I said, bruh. Damn. What what upset this guy? Chick-fil-A? Whether you gay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Chick-fil-A is the second closest thing to heaven. You know that, right? I have have this debate all the time about Chick-fil-A being fast food. It's like, no, Chick-fil-A isn't fast food. How come it's not fast food? Actually, fast as hell. It's faster. Chick Fil A is faster than McDonald's. Very much so. And and Chick Fil A will tell you to go park across the street at Lowe's, and they're gonna bring you your food, and it's Within still gonna be faster. Yes, yes. They gonna be at your, you gonna be at the parking spot. They gonna be waiting on you to get there. People just mistake people. The word fast food. I hope you don't don't lose your thought that you had. You were gonna say something hilarious. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I got. It. I, go I, ahead, I got it. it. I got it. Go ahead, say it. Look, I don't care if you gay, you straight, you bisexual. Trisexual, if you piss on balloons or if you wear costumes. Whoa. No man is gonna just be having my gal sit in his lap and think I'm gonna be cool with it. And especially especially even if it's her daddy. If it's her daddy, I don't want no part of that redneck shit. Like like even if it's at this age, even if it's your daddy and you still go home and sit in your daddy lap, I got a problem with that. Straight up. First of all, I shouldn't even have to speak on that. Like your daddy. 
What's going on? You, you grown. It is 2018, though. There's some weird shit going on in the world. Bruh. I don't know, man. Any, any, anyways, yeah. Yeah, Chick-fil-A is still fast food. Chick-fil-A is Chick-fil-A fast, Chick-fil-A food. fast food, and I'm whooping anybody ass. It's straight up. <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> on a Sunday. But um, even with that being said, I mean, even, even if people deem Chick-fil-A as healthy, like, that still doesn't mean it's not fast food. I can I can see a person arguing that Subway Subway isn't fast food, and I would only give them that argument because it doesn't have a drive through window. That, that's my primary point. <laughs> Anything they, you can get through a drive through. If is they fast. have a drive through, it's for that convenience of being fast. Yeah. So therefore, it's a fast food restaurant. So I hope the person that you've had this debate with is listening because I second that Chick Fil A is a fast food restaurant. It is what it is. I'll make sure she listens at about the thirteenth minute. Okay, cool. All right, so. We have a load of a list of topics. Uh, we've already hit one of them, you know, and I feel like it's fair to state that um, it's 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 okay to get over someone, but you know, hey, let's let's be how do I say realistic and healthy about the situation. That way, you don't have to be like David and Vanilla Sky, and uh, you know how that went. Um, I had. The list, the list goes like this, just to you know, so people could keep up with us. You know, somebody might want to fast forward, whatever. But I wanted to talk about people with low IQs that have children. Also, All right. <laughs> do these people genuinely have low IQs, or do we just view them as dumb? First of all, I guess according to a lot of these intellectuals out there, they feel like. IQs aren't fair. IQs are skewed based on cultural demographic, blah, blah, blah. So, yes, I'll just go with the fact that we view these people as not so intelligent. Okay. And a lot of times, you see it in their children. Okay. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. And then we have the coffee shop theory, male gold diggers on the rise, and the mother of a 30-year-old. That was actually a conversation I also had hmm. earlier in the week. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, so I always choose which one we go with first. Uh, I'll let you choose this time. I think I picked uh, the last time, but uh, you did. Let's go with mother of a thirty year old because I, oh. I, 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 I want to see what that's about. I oh, see what that's okay, about. okay. So um, I have no previous knowledge of this. So oh yeah, yeah. About. It actually happened the other day, and um, I'm sitting there at my son's basketball game, chopping it up. Um, with it. I think she was about 48 years old. You know, she was she was an attractive woman. I wasn't really looking too hard, but I was looking. Um, and then she was like, yeah, you know, uh, she basically was telling me about the frustration of her of her her daughter and, you know, her daughter dating. And I'm just looking at her and like, she looks kind of young. I'm like, damn, so how old is your daughter? She's like, oh, my daughter's 26. I'm like, wow. You know, okay, so you had this girl pretty young, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to be able to relate too. But um, I was like, what's the issue? She was like, man, you know, since the, probably about the age of 18, She's been with, she's been in like serious relationships with about six guys. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, from 18 to 26, I'm I'm assuming I told her I was, I'm like, so you're saying serious because you met these guys? She was like, yeah, I've met about five or six guys over a span of you know, you know, six or seven years. I'm like, damn. I was like, so what's the problem? She was like, it got to be something wrong with my daughter. And I was like, man. I, I couldn't even really, I, I'm bringing this to you because I want to hear your opinion. And my opinion was, you know, I think it's a sign of the times. Because I'm like, I mean, I, I say the mother of a 30-year-old because I'm I'm just estimating her age. And I'm just assuming, like, by the time she's 30, if she's not settled down yet, you could add, add another five or six to that. 
you know, yeah, possible. In like four more years. Huh? So between 18 and 30, you're dealing with a girl that's probably going to introduce maybe eight to 10 men to her parents or her mom. And, um, and I say it must be, a, it's a possibility it's a sign of the times or maybe just individual personality that has a person doing that. But I guess what I'm hearing, as I was hearing her talk, it kind of made me laugh because it was like, damn, you can only imagine how many, how many times that this mom had to act fake with every dude that this girl brought home. And I, I thought it was hilarious, but it's like, I mean, I know what happens to guys too. Like me personally, you know, since I was 18, I would say my mom was met maybe three. That was it. Because I'm not that, how do I say this? I'm I, not, I, would, I would say three or four on my end too. Yeah, and I'm just not, me and my mom, one, we're not that close, but at the same time, I just kind of feel like that's definitely a step. That is not something I'm just Everybody's into. not meeting the parents. But as a single parent, to a, I did have one meet mom on accident, but that's it happens. Yeah. It happens. But as a single parent to a daughter, or even if you know, from the daughter's side, if the if they're that serious, parents are obviously a lot more protective of the girls of the women. So therefore, I guess it's kind of important to like know where your daughter is, who your daughter dealing with. So I guess it makes sense for them to meet that many guys. But Damn, she took a lot of guys. Man, man. It, I'm almost certain that if you ask your average thirty year old right now that's single right now with no kids, how many how many men or boyfriends did their parents meet? They'd probably be a similar number, though. I'm telling you, it's a sign of the times. Like I'm bringing this up to you know, hopefully we get an answer from somebody. But I really feel like it's an interesting thing that when you think about it, because she told me that just wasn't coming when she was coming up, and that's 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. She was like, man, like in all honesty. One, we probably was hiding our boyfriends from our parents. We weren't just that, you know, eager for them to meet. But it's almost like, I guess the the urgency to get married or the urgency to feel complete goes with the boyfriend meeting the parent. That that's like an important step. Or it's not seen as that important. They do it so casually, like it means nothing. I don't know. What's your theory? When I kept going through breakup after breakup after breakup. I realized that I was the common denominator. Okay. So when she says it's, you know, it must be something wrong with her daughter, you've identified the common denominator. Hmm. Like, you know, it might be, well, and we talk about this all the time. It might be the type of guy that she likes. Preference. It might be the way that she acts, mm-hmm. you know, or that she believes the relationship she could is supposed to go based on what she's experienced. How many men have mom revolved in and out of her life? Like, I don't, I don't know if she was married or anything. You're having this conversation with her, but you know, if she sees, you know, well, I seen this guy and then mom's talking to this guy and then mom's talking to this guy, you know, no matter on what kind of intimacy level they were on, she might feel like, yeah, well, you know, it's it's fine to, to choose until you find what you want, which I do agree is fine to choose until you find, figure out what you want. But at the same time, you don't bring all that to the house. Hey, why, why your mama got to meet her? Why daddy? Yeah. I think I think they were the stepdad right now. I think she I think she remarried. But like, why they got to meet these? Yeah, dudes? you ain't got to meet everybody. Like, but. Especially at 26, at 18, even at 18, you're not like, oh, this is Johnny. I'm so in love with Johnny. I'm going to marry Johnny and have all his kids. And then two weeks later, Johnny's gone. Like, you're not even at that level at 18. That's that's embarrassing. That has to be embarrassing. It has to be when you get head over heels for somebody that fast. And I I don't think women do that at 18. I hope not. I can't speak on this day and age. Like, less than 18, I could could see that. But this day and age, I would hope not. Because these, these... I would say between eighteen and twenty-five, these 
these ones coming up think they're a lot smarter than everybody else. So, yeah, I would hope that they're not that eager to meet, you know, bring them home to daddy, but apparently they are. But even even speaking on, on my age group, at, at, let's, let's just go back and just stay with 18. You dated people that were close to you. You mm-hmm. dated people that went to school with you, went to the school <laughs> in the next town over, or wherever you worked at. That's who you dated. In this day and age, 18-year-olds can date people that are across the country. Yes, true. You can find them on social media. I seen um, on just this morning, a round-trip flight from Houston to Denver is only $96 on Southwest Airlines. Okay. Like, an 18-year-old can easily come about easily, 100 easily bucks come out and take that. that trip. Easily, easily. You know, so it's, it's, you're, there's a lot more accessibility now. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's a lot easier for people to meet people, and it's a lot easier for you to get to them. But at the same time, you don't need to be bringing all these people home, in my personal opinion. I'm not letting anybody meet my mother until I feel like it's for sure serious. I would hope Cause so. Because primarily because I hate the afterglow when they keep asking me about her. I know. I hate that. I know. Like, because it always, it's, it's always, it's always like a bittersweet thing because like, oh, y'all liked her too. But then it's like, she's not here anymore. She's not? Yeah. And, and for whatever would cause reason, you know, it might upset me because you know y'all keep asking about it or it might hurt me because like i wish that she was still here and y'all keep bringing it up and i'm trying to suppress that so hmm. you know one or two ways but yeah you shouldn't be bringing that many people home like i like you like i'd say four between the time i was 18 and now that i'm 30 and one of them was just by accident mom met her we just all happened to be in the mall and ran into each other okay okay so so do you say so basically do you think that the value on I think we've talked about this before, but the value on meeting the parents is kind of like, there's no value on it anymore. Uh, it's, it's diminishing, that's for sure. Man, that sucks. Is it? I mean, does that say a lot about but, the parents or the kids? But I, I think neither because now you don't have to come to my doorstep to pick up my daughter. You know, my son doesn't have to go to your door to, to meet you and your daughter. Like, you know, they meet together in groups. They might even Uber, like, <laughs> yeah, like definitely. You, you know, there is no, you know, okay, you know, I'm taking your daughter out. I need to, you know, meet you and have this man to man conversation so you can size me up. Like, there's no Bad Boys Two. Oh, that's true. That's true. What year was Bad Boys Two? Two thousand three, maybe. Okay, eh, it says maybe. a lot, man. Like a lot is a lot has changed within the past fifteen years, and that just it just goes to show what we could be looking forward to by the time we're we're in our forties because um. 2003 was a nice, this is 15 years ago, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a nice little time. So, damn, when you think about the importance of meeting the parent then, I can definitely agree that I felt it then. And I don't think that it was happening as loosely as it is now. I mean. I mean, to me, and since we're from that era, meeting the parents is still a big thing. Because we're from that era. Because we're from that era. Okay, okay. People, you know, this, this younger generation, I don't think they really. They don't really give a damn. No. Like, they're, they're like. I mean, granted, there was never this intimidation factor that I met this girl's dad and he was going to strike fear into my heart. Like, never. I never had that. But yeah. these kids now, they don't well, I, When I think about it, though, I think I've only... It's weird because I've only met... Okay, yeah, I've only met three parents since 2006. So in the past 12 years, I've met three dads. Mm-hmm. And I think I've only really truly disliked one of them. The other ones were like, they were cool as shit. You know, one was... He was yeah, he was he was a hood digger. So he was that was nothing. And then uh, he, he he smelled you out when you walked yeah, in the door. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was nothing. And then the, and then the, the other one, he was a, a pastor, 
He was a whole ass nigga. Damn. Yeah, he's a whole ass nigga. Not the pastor. He was a cheater too, so I guess that's a part of me. That he, that's he, that's he was, a part he of me, pastor, ass nigga. in my opinion. And then the first one, she taught me everything I need to know about cars. Oh, really? Yeah, he was cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I, if he would be one of those ones where if I would have got his phone number, because it was funny, because back then, just having phones wasn't a thing back then. But if, if I'd have met him like four or five years later where phones was a big deal, we'd probably still be talking to this day. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he's a cool dude. So it was, and it's funny because one thing about them was, I want to say that like everybody in their family was a Capricorn, but like one or two people. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking weird. So, and I just generally, that's one thing with me. I get along with Capricorns. May not date them well, but I get along with them all the time. But, yeah, whatever. So, to, to nip that in the bud, a mother of a 30-year-old could be embarrassing because these people out here tripping. And it goes for boys, too. I think the boys tripping, too. Like, it's probably boys out there. If, 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 if I was bringing a lot of people home, my mom would be concerned. She's like, you you all right? You, like, you out there slaying it, ain't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you out here tripping. Like, come on. Say, man. Say, say. Can't even keep up hey. with their names no more. Hey. Wasn't that the deal on Newness? When, uh, well, that was because of us. Uh, she had, all, like, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, that's yeah. right, that's right. Yeah, but think about think that, dementia. though. Think about that, though. I got, Keeping I, up with names. I got a homeboy. He just called everybody sweetheart. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible. Just everybody sweetheart. It was like Disney. And they ain't caught on yet. Jesus. People oh. can be so blind. Huh. It's a it's a gift and a curse to be a true observer. Yeah, because uh, I see shit that I don't need to see, and it bothers, <laughs> it just bothers me. And it's like, damn, shit like that I, you can't unsee. Yeah, like I even overthink dreams sometimes because it's just like it's there. Sometimes dreams give you a feeling though throughout that whole next day, the whole fucking week if you ain't careful. Like I've I've had I've had dreams. I woke up like shit. This reality that's might fit it happen sometimes. Yeah, you know? and you, it, it keeps. I mean, it keeps you. It keeps your eyes open. It keeps you aware. You know. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, the next topic I want to go to is uh, I'll do the the rise of the gold diggers. It says we're talking about a change of the times, the male gold diggers. Because mm-hmm. I'm starting to realize that there's <laughs> quite an abundance of them. In this particular topic, I will obviously won't say any names, but niggas know who they are. <laughs> Just being 100 though, like. And it's not even me, a, y'all shall forever remain nameless. Oh yeah, but it's not even in a disrespectful or hateful way. But if you think about it, though, I mean, as men more and more get moved out of the way and become the minority more and more, I mean, because we were already the minority, we're already outnumbered by one by women. But as far as power goes, being in the minority of power, with this becoming less of a patriarchal society because it's becoming more gynocentric like it always technically has been but it's it's becoming more obvious that you know we're, we're slowly taking a back seat so unless you're a man that has went your own way and you don't have a woman on your side more than likely you're probably in a situation where you're dealing with the woman that's the breadwinner you're dealing with the woman that has more of a has more of the fiscal power in the household and it almost seems like you have a lot of guys that are like so cool with that that they're not even really, how do I say, trying to better themselves. They're like, they're comfortable where they are. They're like, shit, my girl got me. I'm just going to hitch, hitch myself to this wagon and ride out. Yeah, and I'm starting to see that a lot more and more. And it's like, is it because, is it because of the, the niggas are, you know, just less manly like they were 10, 15 years ago? Which are kind of tie into my next theory. But uh, I'm just, I'm, once again, we're trying to get a theory on everything here. And my theory, my theory is personally that 
And since men are starting to feel less like men these days, they're okay taking that backseat to a woman because it's like, shit, I have no reason to need to be, you know, of power or to be this masculine guy anymore. I can literally be a housewife or and, a house husband, my bad. And, and also with that, men have taken the stance that, oh, it's so much harder on me. So, you know, why not just do this mediocre job or become this mediocrity when my wife or the person I'm hitching on to has pushed themselves to be better. Exactly. Like, you know, oh, she's this, this, and this, and this. I can continue my struggling rap career and just not, you know, manifest into anything. You know? I mean, that, that's, that's that's where we are. Like, yeah, my, my girl, she, she's driven because the, the future is female. And she wants to be a part of the future. And she's recognized that. And she's taking those strides to be great. Me, on the other hand, it's like, eh, I mean... If she's going to be great, then I just need to not fuck up. That puts you in the mind state of a, of a woman in the 70s. And a woman in the 70s felt like she was taking the L regardless. So she was comfortable being a housewife. She was like, well, I need to stress about equality right now. When this guy's bringing home all the dough, all I got to do is cook and go grocery shopping and, and take care of the kids. Yeah, it's not an easy job, but shit. I ain't got to punch no time clock. Nobody has to depend on me, you know, to, to, to be the person that's bringing in the dough for the bills. I can just pretty much relax. Yeah. I mean, because if you even think about TV back then, if you think about TV back then was definitely geared towards the housewife. I can't really tell you what TV is geared towards now. I feel like TV is just all over the place now because there is no, I mean, although they, they claim that the main watcher of television these days is black women and then white women second. And then basically it, it, it starts with a minority and it keeps going. But even with that being said, I really feel like in a couple of years, you know, it'll probably be a lot more dudes that are in front of the TV because they're going to be home yeah. or they're going to have the type of jobs that are designed where they have more home time. And, and to, to, to actually bring some clarity to the situation too, like it's not only that, you know, men aren't being the breadwinners or anymore, but I have a coworker. He, I, th I think I mentioned to you, like he's fifty six mm -hmm. and he's expecting his second child here sometime soon. And so his plan is that he's going to retire and he's going to stay home with the kids because his wife. I forget what she does. I know she used to work for Nike and now she does something else. I think she's one of those big account reps or something like that. Like she makes, she makes the money now. So now he's just planning on like you know since she's making the money, I'm just going to retire. You know, I'm he's, he's he has a good salary that's going to be come, come through his retirement. So he's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And he's like, I'll just stay at home with the kids. Like, do that now. Damn. So that's something that's on the rise. But even the, but you know, Asterix, he's fifty six. Yeah. And his wife is like in her thirties or something like that. Man, that brings up another point. Like. You know, even when think about Idris Elba and his, you know, his little, his chick that he's with now, I believe, like, it's like a 15-year difference or something like that. Is it and, 15? I thought it was more. Oh, really? Okay. I might be wrong. I don't be paying Okay. It, I mean, it just it just brings the word hypergamy to mind again. It's like, I really feel like whether you're a slave to your preference or not, I think that's, you know, just not even words of advice or anything. I think that's, I really start to see that as, if you both are classified as adults, like, Obviously, I'm not really cool with a 24-year-old than a 16-year-old. I'm not really cool with that. But then it's crazy because 10 years later, you put those same two people in that situation. They're both adults. It is what it is, right? My thing is mature, maturity in adulthood. If you got two people that are mature adults, I think age is really hard to really debate about because you really can't not Beyonce and Jay-Z. You know what I'm saying? Like You really can't not interest the situation because 
for sure an interesting situation, although I don't know what his wife does. She might be a doctor or whatever. But more than likely, she's not making more money than Idris if if she does have um, a regular, you know, how do I say, American job that's not, you're not in Hollywood. You're not getting these big-ass checks cut to you. Right. So I feel like it only makes sense for a woman in her position. She's still attractive. She's not, she, did, she hasn't eclipsed 30 yet. Why not go for an older man that has his shit together to make her life more comfortable? See, that's still in the mindset of a, a woman in the 70s. That's still in the mindset of a 20th century woman. She probably still has her own, but she has that comfortability knowing that she's with this older, stable guy, has his shit together, and he has money. I mean, you ain't got you ain't got your chances of dealing with a lot of the foolishness that you do get with a the younger man. A lot less likely. A lot less likely. And I don't. He's he's to, done all that basically. And I don't. And I don't, it's rare you find an old man that's still out there on the scene. Yeah, it is. I mean, once again, maturity and adulthood. I mean, if you see an older man in his, you know, mid-30s, 40s, and he's still on the scene, he clearly isn't for you. You know, I always tell people to think about where you met somebody. You know, think about where you met somebody, think about the conversations you had. You know, and that's going to tell you a lot about what you're about to deal with in the future. If you're only trying to get a, a short window of, you know, a short sample size of what you're going to deal with. Because people always are so curious about the future, which is fine. But... If you're not paying attention to these little details in the beginning, then you're gonna get fucked off in the end. But um, yeah, yeah, real quick. So yeah, I I, I think I, that just came to mind because like I hear a lot of people like they knock it, but it's like man, it only makes sense for a lot of these women. Cause just imagine if a lot of these women just tend to just go for these older gentlemen. I mean, literally older gentlemen. You know, dudes that aren't out there on that fuck shit no more. It would be a lot less mad women out there right now. No Absolutely. matter what races it is, like. You have a lot of mad women out there right now simply because they're dealing with young, dumb niggas. You know? <laughs> and, it, it, and it seems like it seems like young, dumb niggas are for more mature women who don't want a man because they're dispensable to them. Very true. As, and then it's like the inverse. Young women are for older men because... They've been through all the dumb shit now, and they're you know ready to build these families later in life, and so it's kind of like a woman that wants a younger man. She's gonna have to find a unicorn. A younger woman that wants a, a younger man's gonna have to find a unicorn, or deal with a certain amount of dumb shit. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's sad. That's sad. I, although I hate the reference, the, the 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 term unicorn is hilarious because no matter what, the unicorn is never going to exist. Uh, I thought I had met a unicorn that one time. Yeah, it is. It's very. I mean, it's 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 almost. If you identify that person as a unicorn, it's too good to be true. Therefore, it must be too good to be true because unicorns aren't real. This is true. Now, when you deal with a white tiger, it's a lot different because a white tiger. I'm just being real though. A white tiger does exist. Does exist. But when you get a hold of a white tiger, you have to understand something. It's still a tiger. You know, it, and it, a tiger's it, gonna tie. Exactly. <laughs> or so, a tiger's gonna tear. So within that mystic value of it being a white tiger, you still have to keep your your eyes open. You still gotta kinda keep your guards up. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, if you think you got a unicorn in your hand, man, it's like you might as well do what you gotta do and let it be gone, man, because it ain't real. Yeah. It's too good to be true. I I used to hate that too good to be true, but too good to be true is a, re- a realist state of mind. You know, it's not as pessimistic as people think it is. Cause like, some shit is just too good to be true. You find this suitcase with a million in it, you're probably gonna die. Just, <laughs> you're gonna die before you get to enjoy it. <laughs> the reality is, 
this shit's gonna have to go back to somewhere. It's just too good to be true, you know. Yeah. But uh, in to tie that in with the the other topic I had was people having kids with low IQ people, like two low IQ people having uh, kids. And it's the thing, you got a lot of times you could have two beautiful young people, two beautiful young people, very attractive young people, both dumb as a doorknob. Dumb. And boy, had, boy. Dude, I see it. I hate to say it because I don't want to judge, uh, judge a book by its cover. But when you see an abundance of young black couples in Section 8 apartments and it's just kids all over the place and then you see the couple, you're like, hmm, you know, these are two pretty attractive people living in the Section 8 apartment. Clearly, they ain't had their shit together. Just saying, they ain't had their shit together. They got four or five kids running around. And to me, a high sign of low IQ is a lack of self-discipline. To me... Low IQ and a lot of kids go hand in hand because when your IQ is that low, that's really all you know how to do to spend your time. Fuck. It's fuck. Like rabbits. Like rabbits. And procreate and not worry about how am I going to feed and close these lives that I am created. Exactly. Dumb shit. Low IQ people. So think about that trend of low IQ people having kids. I mean, genetics and hereditary shit, it goes a long way. Like, you're dealing with low IQ parents. What, what, is the, what is the possibility of them birthing the next Einstein? Low. Exactly. So all I'm saying is, if a, if a good sign of a, um, a smart, mature woman is to go for a stable man because that's a smart decision to make. <laughs> so if you're, if you're an attractive woman... Or an attractive man, and all you're caring about is shallow shit like attract a sexual attraction level. You clearly don't have a lot of sense. None. Just saying. So if you if you poke into that and be like, you know what, I'm not telling you to go for ugly niggas. I'm just saying if if whatever you value, you have to think about the future, which is you're probably gonna you know reproduce, especially if you're a woman under 35. It's still a possibility of reproducing. I mean, even 40, it happens. But you got to understand something. The dude that you're dealing with is going to be the other half of what you reproduce. So right off the back, if you know that this guy that you're dealing with is a dumbass nigga, <laughs> and it's, come on, that's what your kids are going to be. It's going to be half you, half dumbass nigga. <laughs> come on. Like, that, and it was just something I was thinking about because it's like, that's a lot of our community. A lot of our community is just running around fucking like rabbits. And we're 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 birthing a lot of low IQ children. And when you both when you birth these low IQ children, and I'm not saying that my son has the highest IQ. I'm not saying that I'm perfect or anything like that. But you gotta think about the other half. The other half is going to affect the way that that child thinks. Not only is the other half gonna affect the way that child, they're thinks, gonna influence that child as that child grows up. That influence is crucial. But then think about your situation, your environment. Low IQ people aren't, aren't usually in the best environments. No. So therefore, you're forced to stay in that low IQ environment. Like, come on, man. Like, seriously? Like, I'm just wanting people to really think about the future because the future is important. And that's one of the things for me that I really enjoy when I used to listen to Stephen Hawking talk. He always talked about the future. He always wanted to predict things. He always wanted to see things for what they could possibly be because that's what science is. You know, it's... People never really sit back and appreciate how special science is when science can predict the exact day of an eclipse. 
bro, that's some real crazy shit. Yeah, that's that's moon phases, stars, like that's amazing. And we can't, we don't even know when the when the when 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 Jesus coming back. And that's a, that shade to religious people. <laughs> that's, that's, Jesus, Jesus might be already here for all I know. Just that's what I'm saying. Foolery. So just looking at the foolery. It, it, it to me, it, science and religion shouldn't even be a competition because it's like religion to me is is it's a beautiful thing. I love miracles. I believe in miracles all day, but the reality of it is, science has proven so much, and religion has proven so little when it comes down to things, you know, and like. It, that's why for me, when I'm dealing with somebody that's obsessed with the religious miracles in the Bible, it kind of scares me sometimes. Cause it's like, hold on, like everything that your everything that your mind is on is literally all stuff that are just possibilities. There's no fact behind it. That's when you get these feeling driven people, and I think um, Big Brother likes that. Big, <laughs> you know what I'm just saying? Big Brother likes the fact that oh, you just going off feelings. When you go off feelings, when you're highly, if you're a highly neurotic person, more than likely you're going to be easier to manipulate. That's just, that's how I see it. And, and me, me and moms, we have this conversation all the time, and especially when it comes to religion and what's actually happening in real life. And, and in the Bible, it'll tell you faith without works is dead. So you can sit there, you can pray and pray and pray, but until you actually taking some action to better yourself, you know, what, what, are, you, what are you really doing? Good ass question. Like like you just sitting here waiting for a handout, basically. Yeah. I could be on the corner panhandling and completely change the topic. Got a story? I was on my way to the dry cleaners the other day. Okay. And there were these people on the corner, they say, honk if you're for a traditional marriage. And I don't know which ones are harder to make eye contact with. Them or panhandlers. Because at the same time, because like I don't really care about either one of them. Honk if you're for a traditional marriage or give this panhandler at my window a dime. I would feel corny honking the horn, and I don't want to scare anybody, and I'm not much of a horn honker, so I think I'd feel more comfortable giving that panhandler a dime. That's just me, personally. I'm not giving nobody nothing. Golly, you're a horrible human being. I will feed a panhandler. Uh, I will feed you. I'm not giving you money. Damn. Even though my, I've told the story a million times, my aunt says, you know, it's not you know what they do with it. It's why you give it to them. Granted. But I've fed panhandlers before. Like, you know, oh, sign says you're hungry. Here, I went and got you two hot and ribbies. Boom. Make this work. That's real, man. But, but I, I mean, don't really be thinking they even want my burgers, man. I think they, they probably don't. Be, I think they just want to go get cocaine or, or liquor. Exactly. And, and kill themselves. And then, you know, these. these, these I don't mind helping you kill yourself. These. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking with you, though. And then these traditional, uh, the hunk if you're for traditional marriage people is like. My mans, if y'all for traditional marriage, y'all just go do that and leave everybody else to their own devices. You know, like, like just, just let people be. That is, that's my thing, man. Like, people just get so caught up in these political views, man. It's like, I honk if I'm for a traditional marriage. What does that really mean? <laughs> I blew my horn. I blew my horn for traditional marriage. I'm, I'm putting out to the world that... I believe that only a man and a woman should be married. Well, guess what? That's what I'll do then. I, the world doesn't need to know that. Yeah, I will you go know? do the, uh, since I. This is what I believe. This is what I will do. It's, I'm it's not going to try to. I'm not going to try to make you believe it. 
I'm not going to try to make anybody else believe it. Since I believe it, this is what I'm going to do. Because that same person that's for traditional marriage, that's talking about honk your horn if you're for traditional marriage, they may be against interracial, interracial relationships too. It's something. You it's, know, there's a skeleton in there somewhere. It's, it's a lot of times you're gonna it's not there, that perfect. You're going to sit there and tell me that being gay is a sin. I'm like, okay, then put yourself on the altar then. Where are your sins? Show me yours because I know they're there. I know they're there. You, you Catholic? I know they're there. Oh, yeah. I know yeah, they're there. Yeah. Catholics everybody, everybody in there saying Hail Mary's about something. I know they're there. The Catholics can't tell me anything until they get their priest in order. Until they get their priest and altar boys in order, a Catholic can't tell me anything. I'm just saying, man. Like, stop it. You know, politics is politics is driving people crazy, man. Like, seriously, people got to relax. Like, people got to relax and just accept the fact that a governing system has its importance. Because if, if it didn't, we, we, we would fast forward. 30 years from now, shit's going to... I can promise you, 30 years from now, the way shit is going right now, shit's going to be fucked up. Because people don't want to be governed. Because people don't want rules. And at the end of the day, these human beings that are walking this planet right now, they need rules. Because they dumb as fuck. They dumb as fuck. A lot of them lack morals. I mean, you people... You could tell... You could, if you just simply told people to be kind to one another, they couldn't do that. No. You know, so you have to do it in so many other ways. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not steal. Literally, all those things are telling you is to be kind. Respect one another. But they had to literally threaten you with punishment. Low key, low key. Low key is really just telling you to mind your own damn business. God damn. (laughs) At the end of the day, mind your own damn business. Bruh, they literally had to create a book for these motherfuckers, man. Trust me. The person that really, the group or whoever you say got together and put the Bible together, they put that Bible together for one specific reason, to save humanity. Because if that Bible was never created, bro, man, it'd be 11 people on this planet. <laughs> I'm telling you, because niggas be tripping. In each corner of the world, making sure ain't nobody coming, stressing. Come on, like literally, like, because no matter what anybody says, the backbone of most societies is something, it's some biblical book, it's some, it's some, it's some scripture. It's something like even with taxes, even with electing somebody to to be a leader. A lot of that stuff is biblical, man. A lot of it is. That's why I respect the Bible. Like you couldn't, you really couldn't build a society off of science because science really has no morals. You know, science is 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 on some other shit day after day. You know, even even Bill Nye's talk about there's more than two genders, if I'm not mistaken. And I really don't care. I, tell, I joke about it all the time, but if you identify as a pit bull, that's your problem. I don't care. If you want to be a peanut tomorrow, that's fine. But the reality is I'm looking at you as what you truly are. And the point is you have to realize that science is unstable. You know, and like obviously, yes, you can create a world like Wakanda from science and this fascinating technology. But even in Wakanda, there was some type of spiritual backbone to that society that set the rules. So that's, you know, that's, to me, it's kind of common sense, but people don't want to see it like that. I mean, you could try to debate and say that science isn't unstable, but no matter what you tell a religious person, I mean, that, that Bible's been the same for a minute. Could add some things to it, but... The mother, a million scriptures and, and passages, the mug's been the same for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and the mugs ain't changing. But as you see, science is definitely ever changing. Like, it, it's, it's not even that, that it's, it's ever changing, but science tries to tackle some things that are just like, if you're not that open minded, 
you're still going to question the Big Bang Theory. You're still going to question, you know, you know how how this um how we went from dinosaurs to humans. You're still going to question like you're still going to be a flat earther or or a round earther. It's so many things to still question and it's like what the fuck ever. But speaking of science, along with the the low IQ children that could be born from these in these low IQ house homes, I I, I definitely felt like you know, and to say low IQ, I'm not even necessarily saying that these kids are retarded. These kids are stupid. Saying the parents are. It, it, yeah, and I'm not even saying that they're retarded or stupid. I am. But, but more than likely with these parents, they're only going to groom a certain type of child. You know, you have parents that don't know a lot. So therefore, they're going to raise their kids based on what they know. And in our community, we see a lot of parents that put a lot of emphasis on making sure that their kids go to basketball programs, go to, you know, athletic programs. Um, a lot of, a lot of parents make sure that their kids have nice stuff. And then a lot of parents may teach the kids, you know, the value of money, but that's very, very, very small group of parents that will teach their kids the value of money by having their kids maybe go out and cut yards and work with the family business, you know, but Long story short, I kind of feel like I always forget this. You have white collar workers and you have blue collar workers. And I feel like when you have these low IQ parents, with the boys especially, you have more of a tendency to groom a child that's going to be a blue collar worker rather than a white collar worker. Because if you're coming from a household where neither one of your parents went to college or graduated from college, we always seen with our own eyes that margin of them having a bunch of kids to graduate from college is a lot more narrow. Mm-hmm. You have you have two parents didn't graduate from college, have four kids, one of them graduated from college. It happens a lot yeah. because a degree or white collar work or education was never a strong emphasis in that household. It was always work, work, work. And like I said, not saying that those, those parents are stupid, but they're only grooming their kids to survive. They're not they're not grooming their kids to exceed expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem that we have in our community as I really feel like we should start grooming these kids no matter no matter if you're a you know um a, a parent that didn't graduate from college. Your focus on this child should be to exceed expectations because you know what they expect from our black kids. He's either going he's either gonna dribble a ball or be an entertainer. Other than that, he's gonna or go to jail. Up, or go to jail. Other than that, he might end up in a factory somewhere, may end up, you know, flipping burgers. And you got to understand something. His, the, his max is minimum, is, um, was it uh, middle management? Max is not at middle management. Dude, it's getting scary, too. Because if you really look back on the, if you look back on the recession, the types of jobs that got hurt the most were those blue collar jobs. They were those factory jobs. Those, you know, like people talk about how oil and, ga- oil and gas took a hit. But it was really more of the production techs, the people on the floor that took the hit. A lot of those dudes in upper management, they was good. They was Gucci, bro. Like, you see, even if they got fired and got their severance pay, they still was more better. They still was a lot better off than that guy that was a production tech, probably not making a killing like they were. And then they, you know, they resort to trying to find a $14, $15 an hour job when they was making $28, $30 an hour. So that's a big, that's a big deal when all you know is physical things and nothing you're doing is actually, how do I say, quote unquote, using your brain. 
Because a lot of that stuff that's manual, yeah, you got to use your brain to an extent. I mean, obviously, you got to use your brain. But it's more hands-on. Anybody can do it. It's a trait. Yeah. You know, you teach them two teaching. years, they got it. You don't have to have any type of special personality or or a, a special way of thinking to do this. Like, you're just not finna just get an average nigga from the hood to build rockets. You know, like, you're not finna get an average nigga from the hood and he's, you know, he's trying to, you know, do surgeon work. Because... It takes a special type of patience, a special type of brain, a special type of education to get there. And I still think that we as parents, we as especially in, the, in minority communities, we should be pushing our kids to do that, especially the young boys. Because that's why a lot of boys or males have taken a back seat. Because that's all they knew. Work with my hands. Okay? A lot of those jobs are about to get replaced by AI very soon. So what are you going to do then? And the thing is, is like we mentioned before, where, where are the role models that do more? Like, you know, how, how we, we ragging on people's like, you know, thank Black Panther for being a positive male role model and thank President Obama for being a positive role model. It's like, there are those role models that are in your neighborhood. There you you want to believe that? I yeah, would hope so. There are, there are the bank managers and the lawyers and the black doctors that, yeah. that stay in your neighborhood. There are the, the small business owners that are still there in your neighborhood like... You know, but it depends on how you look at them the same way your children are going to look at them. If, if, if you like, if you're not Obama or the star of a blockbuster movie. movie, then you might as well just be here. You got to let them know, though, there are levels to this and you can, you know, get into where you want to be in. You can want to be Obama. You can want to be. No, Black Panther. Don't say you, can, you, can, you can you can want to be that all you want to. I want to be you know, what? You can encourage them to be actors. No, a child can be an actor. Stop it. That's not what they're encouraging them to be. What they encourage you know them to not. be? I don't fucking know. It ain't to be no damn actor. Theater arts, dog. Theater arts is in these black schools, especially like in California. So I to push them to be in a theater arts is not a big deal. I'm just saying. I don't think that that's the message that they're getting from Black Panther. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't side with you on that one. I think they tell these kids to be superheroes. <laughs> oh, God. Like, nigga. What kind of IQ do you have if you're telling your child to be a superhero? Because don't get me wrong. I ran around with a towel around my neck like it was a cape for a long time. For a long time. Hey, for a long time. You know, niggas going backwards, B. I'm just saying, no. Nah, well, I'm, I mean, Loki, I still want to be a superhero. I just know that it's pretty impossible. If you had the money like Tony Stark, you know, you can do what you got to do. But, yeah. you know, don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, you know, Black Panther is seen as a positive image. But the reality is, even with these black, these black leaders in our community, I mean, what are they doing to make themselves accessible as far as being good role models? Because, I mean, how many black lawyers you know just staying... In your in in Acres home or on Homestead. Yeah, that is true. I mean, once they once they get to that to that lawyer status, man, they they moving to the, to the to the Woodlands. They moving to Memorial, you know, <laughs> Cinco Ranch. Like they don't or they they live in downtown. They don't want to be around other niggas. Just saying. Yeah, you get money and move away. Yeah, That's what they there. do, you know. You so do got a point. it's kind. of, I mean, and even teachers. I mean, are our teachers really good role models? <laughs> If they ain't fucking the kids, I wasn't gonna go. Back I was just saying, if they not fucking the kids, if they not fucking the kids, that's twerking in front of them. They teaching them a bunch of bullshit that they don't even know. Say, I'm you know, you know the you. teachers that we always talk about yeah. when they just on Snapchat, just bullshitting, bro. Not teaching kids shit. You know, passionate teachers when you see one, see them, and you know teachers that are literally there to get a check. Yeah, and like 
the majority of them are here to get a check. It's proven already. It's proven already, dude. Like, it's it's it. They'll argue with you because it's insulting. But it, when it's all said and done, I mean, a, a lot of these a lot of these teachers, the, the the good teachers, I would say, the the better ones probably have their own kids. But when you got a lot of t- women in there or even men in there that don't have kids, really don't know how to handle kids, don't have much compassion for kids, how how are they gonna treat them? Yeah. How are they gonna actually teach them? Everything is gonna be so textbook. Everything is gonna be so robotic. There is no love in that. And when you're teaching somebody, I mean, just dealing with my son's, you know, basketball team, like, it, you, you, it's almost like when mo- in most cases you have to have a good, good cop, bad cop. Whether you have literally two people or you have a singular person that's playing that role, you definitely have to have compassion for these kids and patience. Because when you're learning skills like basketball or even archery, golf, fucking lacrosse, you got to have patience with a brain that's never done it before. Yeah. Not, or a brain you're not just going to come in and be a natural. Exactly. So just imagine somebody, you're trying to teach a child history or a new language, like, and you don't really give a fuck about these kids. It's going to show in the, poor, in, the, in the poor craftsmanship of that child and what he puts on paper. And your execution. Executes. Your yeah. execution. You your know? execution, their execution. You're not going to care, though. And kids will say, oh, she don't care. <laughs> I think one of the funniest things I saw, I saw this week was the walkout. I think the walkout was funny to me, just based on the fact that I'm not even going to say that it didn't do anything. It's not going to cause any change or anything like that. But to me, it bothers me that, if I'm not mistaken, I read that it was a government-sanctioned walkout. Am I, government sanctioned? Yes, meaning that the government gave approval to these kids, because you already know how schools work. A certain amount of ass has got to be in those seats for, for, those, for those schools to receive some yeah, funding. absolutely. So if a government sanctions the walkout that means that the government is saying on this day here you'll still receive your funding because we understand that a bunch of kids are going to walk out i felt for, like, for 17 minutes though so it wasn't like they were gone gone of course so with that being said i find it funny that it's a government sanctioned walkout on the government cuz that's what it is yeah yeah you know so i'm like so the government is sanctioning this walkout basically saying it's okay you walk out against us but okay yeah, that's fine. What, what can you expect if the government is already behind it? I mean, I mean, it's it's your, it's your typical Trump. Like, I didn't invite that team to the White House, so they ain't got to worry about rejecting it. Yeah, they they didn't get an invite. So I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the government wants to take your guns anyway. That's where we stand. Trump is not pro gun. The thing is, Obama, according to they, was going to come take guns. Of course, now, if you remember that. Oh yeah, he's not taking my guns. He's not taking my guns. Eight years of that shit. Yeah, got nowhere. Yeah. Now we have another school shooting. Where are we at now? It seems it seems like it seems like the product. Now we're trying to put more guns out there. Is that what it is? It seems like they're moving forward a little tough with this one. Like they they getting a little more grimy with it. And it's like it's almost like why y'all so why y'all so aggressive about taking why is why is this Republican government so aggressive about taking guns now? Like you would expect that from the Democrats, but the Republicans that's kind of scary. That's why I kind of look at Trump like he's probably more of a moderate at times because like. You usually would tie in pro-gun, or you would usually tie in anti-gun with Democrat. You don't really think anti-gun and think Republican. No. I mean, if you know your history. But uh, I find it kind of funny and scary at the same time, because you know what happens when the citizens don't have guns. They feel less safe. And 
You, you feel, you feel more, like the liberty of the government. Yeah, they have it becomes the more of a police state. I mean, people laugh and joke about, man, what you gonna do with that little peace shooter when a tank come up to your house? That ain't really the point. You know, <laughs> I'm not trying to stop a tank. Yeah, I'm not I'm exactly. To stop your thieving ass. Exactly. Because the if, if criminals know you don't have guns, who's there to protect you? Nobody. Because <laughs> the criminal's gonna get the guns regardless. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You, so. You're not gonna get all the guns. Come on. We didn't get all the drugs. You never well. You can't get out drugs if you keep putting them. Never mind. That's fucked up. That's another story. I'm no storyteller. Yeah. My last one was uh the coffee shop theory. I was actually listening to what you said one time. You were like, "It's typical these days." One, I think that we live in a society full of alcoholics, and I think it's actually sad. That's probably one of the reasons why I didn't go out last night because I think I've just grown past that stage to where it's like people are always inviting people out for drinks. And I'm just like, man, and I've said this before, the invite got to be based on something else. So I, I kind of test the theories. Like, I'm like, I'll, I'll invite somebody out for liquor, I'll invite somebody out for coffee, and I'll see where it goes. I mean, if the person is genuinely interested, I'm pretty sure they're not going to care what the invite is for, but I kind of feel like... If the person's genuinely interested, you can invite them to Barnes & Noble. They're coming. Very true. And I was just testing the theory, and I did this week, and uh wasn't 100% successful, but I do believe that the coffee shop theory is a lot better just based on the fact that it's it's a it's it's healthier like you're you're not in this day and age of the me too movement <laughs> i know exactly where you're going yeah. i was going to beat you there but i'm going to let you have that you one. don't you don't need to worry about okay this person's going to roofie my drink and you know you're in, their goal is to come out and get me and, drunk as possible so they can take so advantage. they can take advantage of me but with the coffee shop theory you don't have to worry about that that's that's my i mean i could roofie your coffee but come on the likelihood of that, like, seriously, come on. It's too obvious. It's like, you wake up the next morning like, how the hell I get drunk off of caramel <laughs> frappuccino? Come on. Starbucks tripping. Yeah, you know, so I, I just, I what really. What they put in here is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> Dead, dig it up, man. But yeah, yeah, I, I respect, I respect the coffee shop invite, you know, and obviously, you know, the whole the aspect of somebody being interested in you is cool, but I, I really feel like that's more of a respectable approach. And, you know, I think that should be something that is promoted more than let's meet up for drinks because it's too much bullshit that goes, that's, that, that goes with that. Like, man, like, and then with, with the abundance of alcoholics out there, it's a lot of people with trash ass tolerances too. Like it's people that cannot handle their liquor at all. All they need is one, one and a half and they done. And like, do you really want to be responsible for somebody that can't handle their liquor and you barely know them? No. It's pretty dangerous. No. I don't want to be responsible for somebody that can't handle their liquor and I've been doing it for 20 years. You just, don't, you just don't want to babysit drunks. Exactly. Simple. Exactly, man. So, man, fuck all that shit. I just, you know, you don't have to have an opinion on it, but I definitely wanted to, to touch on that because I feel like uh, alcoholics on the rise and that's a that's a topic for another another podcast, but... It's, it's it's not cool. Like we gotta we gotta have moments in our life where we realize that if we're doing something and we're 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 expecting a positive result, it has to come from a positive beginning. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people these days are meeting people when they're drunk, or meeting people when they're not in their right minds, and it's not going it's not going very well. And it's like remember when you met them, you weren't even sober. Right. So why were you? Why then were you, you try to build this relationship as you being sober, and it's kind of like. Ugh. Yeah, it's just it just doesn't make any sense, man. So, yeah, uh, for people out there listening, I hope you take me up on that. So, you get a girl you like, you wanna you know you wanna you wanna kick it with her, you know, 
invite her to Starbucks or even invite her to these other little mom and pop coffee shops because it's some dope find ones. You, find you a dope ducked off place. Yeah, yeah, it's some it's it's some dope ones out here, man. And if you need alcohol to have a conversation with the opposite sex, then you just need to stay in the house because it it doesn't alcohol does not need to be in the scenario for you to meet somebody new. Like it's, I think um I think that's definitely a problematic. Mm-hmm. But hey, to say who, the least, who am I? Far from Captain Sable. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, <laughs> moving into words of advice. Uh, you ready? I'm ready. I'm actually I stay not ready. ready. Yeah, if you, ready if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I gotta get ready right now. <laughs> I definitely gotta get ready right now. Oh, so. see, see, you you ain't ready to give Cameron Diaz four rounds. That's mm. that's what you're trying to say. Nah, I'm not. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's like you could get, she can get one off GP because she is Cameron Diaz. But like these other four, mean I really like you, and I. Dang, that's tough, man. I mean, I'm, what what was it? G, Jesus said, "If I hit it three times, I'm a wiper." He did say that. I forgot about that. Yeah. So hey, he, he, he that's and and he wondered why she crazy. You hit it four times. I mean, you would put going for the baby. Man. He was on some other shit. He's on some. Literally. When did that movie come out? 99? He was on some. I think so. Yeah, 98 or 99. He's yeah. on some 99 shit. Man. But um, my words of advice um, come from a couple of sayings that I always say. Okay. One of them, whenever I'm in traffic, I say, act like you want it. When people trying to merge into traffic and stuff, you know, they're, they're all hesitant. Act like you want it. Things in life, you know, people like to come and approach them timidly and try to be, you know, nonchalant. No, if there's something that you want in life, you should really go after it and act like you want it. Don't be like, yeah, it's cool if I get it, but if not, you know, whatever. No, act like you want some shit. There's nothing wrong with wanting shit out of this world. <laughs> I would hope not. I'm just saying. <laughs> and and the other one is um, don't talk about it, be about it. And they kind of go hand in hand. You act like you want it, and then you follow through. Don't say, yeah, I want to be Black Panther. Oh, and then you don't seek out the purple herb. Oh, God. Telling you to seek out the purple herb. Or even with that, the faith without works. Like, yeah, act like you want it, then put the work in. Don't say you want the promotion, but then continue to do your job half-assed like you always do. Put in the work. Yeah, yeah. I guess I can piggyback off that like I usually do when I don't have anything. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, right. yeah. I'll definitely say that. I, I realize that, you know, obviously people always have goals in mind. And it's like you have that goal in mind and when you put in the work, it may start off as a burden, but you got to kind of look look ahead and be like, it's going to pay off. It's going to be worth it. And I think, I think if people take more of an optimistic approach to their goals that they set, I think a lot more people would be happier in life and not only happier in life it's just it's a mat it's obviously a matter of being realistic with the time too but it definitely means a lot when you know that you're going through this and there is going to be an end to it it's not going to be forever because you start something you're going to finish it if you have that mindset i feel like you can get a lot a lot further but i i, I see too many people giving up on like the easiest things in my opinion or to me not even get, not even necessarily easy, but things that are gonna take time. And it's like, okay, you you did you did ten sit ups today. You can't expect abs tomorrow. Like, think about it. It's a process. Mm-hmm. Trust it. 
Trust the process. Yeah. Uh, side note, if anybody out there listening um, knows a good tattoo artist, please drop it on our you IG. I said, you see what he said, right? No. Oh, oh, I sent you a screenshot. Like, I, he was doing the design, and then he's like, Oh, yeah. Well, you know, your skin is a little bit darker, so oh, yeah. I would suggest, you know, you do something simpler. No, I'm just not out here getting random tattoos. Like, this tattoo has a meaning to me. That's why Have I you want met him in this person? tattoo. Yeah, I met him in person. It's like, that's why I want this tattoo like this with these specific details. You should get something simpler. No, I don't want nothing simpler. So and, he just and then I even looked at him, I'm like, my orm is that dark. My orm is paper sack brown. Yeah, yeah, if the rest yeah. of my body is at least this orm that's covered up all the time is paper sack brown. That nigga, he just sucks. That's like that's like my nigga. If you can't do it, say that. Yeah, yeah. That's all you have. And I'm that not even asking it. you to. A like, tattoo artist said, "Get something simpler." Yeah, get something simpler. I suggest you get something simpler. So if y'all listening, y'all know a good tattoo artist. Tag tag the the No Boundaries podcast on um, the IG page or email me some links or something like that. I'm trying to get some work done. Um, so you just trying to thug it out though. I'm trying to thug it out. I don't blame you. I mean, I cut the hair now, so you know I'm yeah. I'm a little more civilized now. Somewhat. Yeah. Somewhat. Little, but little. then you go add the tattoo. You just gonna thug oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Throw, throw it all the way back out of whack. Wow. Oh. Got the card to 140 yesterday. The what? I got. The I card saw card. that. That was interesting. Were you on a suicide mission? No. You know, oh, just testing it out, just, huh? Just see what street was this? I'll tell you later. Oh, okay. Damn. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I was like, this nigga out here tripping. Did you watch Tomb Raider? No, not yet. Okay. I might go see it today. That was the director's cut of um, JL. It was the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the added detail wasn't enough to change my mind about how the movie was. It's a difference between the director's cut and the Snyder's cut. That's what they want you to believe. I want to see. I'm, I'm, I must see the Snyder's cut. I want to. Yo, shout out to Nice Cast. I really want to sit down with him and watch the movie because I see the scenes like, okay, that's definitely a Snyder scene. And I want to see if he agrees. And see which ones he says, no, this is a Snyder scene and this is a Whedon scene. And like, just just based on comparison. like I have a firm belief. This is my belief before we let you guys go with this Justice League movie. I really believe that he only had anything. That, I would say at the most, maybe 15 minutes of that movie. And I really think that literally he threw the alley-oop to Josh Whedon and he took over. I, I just don't see him getting deep into it as far as like, he got, like, his. if you go an hour into the movie, oh, this is a Snyder scene. I really feel like he had the intro. He maybe had the script as far as, like, this is where they need to be. But I don't think that nigga was in. I don't think he was in charge of the script at all after, like, 15 minutes. Because that shit got very corny. Like, I see I see Whedon in the Aquaman character throughout. Ugh. I see Whedon in the Flash character, like, Ugh. throughout. Like, those are, those are definitely Whedon. There's a definite me. difference between the Batman Snyder from B, B, Batman vs. B Superman and this. Come on, man. It's night and day. Boy. Gal Gadot was. Wonder Woman was still the same. She was still the same, yeah. That's in, them, in them leather pants. Ridiculous, man. She's she's something else, man. She's something else. Yeah. But hey. <laughs> That's it. I ain't got nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. R.P. Stephen Hawkins. Thanks for listening. But ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. 
There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?